When I was in seminary, it was very popular to interpret today's gospel text as follows. And it's, by the way, it's still very popular today. That while in prison, John had doubts about his ministry and doubts about Jesus, who behaved in ways that were unsettling for Jesus. John was looking for a firebrand Messiah, and instead Jesus showed himself to be meek and humble, receptive to non-Jews, and even friendly to Romans. And so, filled with doubts about the meaning of his life as the prophet who was supposed to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah, and knowing that his death was imminent, John sought assurance that his life was not spent in vain. Now, this interpretation, which is still common to hear today, is very appealing for two reasons. First, it makes John more like us, who may struggle with doubts about the mysteries of our faith. And second, we are simply more inclined to accept psychological theories to explain behavior. Some in the seminary, myself included, we're not comfortable with this contemporary interpretation because it was out of sync with the full context of the scriptural references to John the Baptist. So we look to what the ancient fathers of the church taught. True, they did not have all the sophisticated tools of academic Bible studies that we have today. They had, however, the scriptures, the prayer of the church, Confidence in the Holy Spirit, the power that comes from the sacramental life of the church, and the liturgy of the church, all of which convey divine life to those who believe. It was on those vehicles of grace that their minds were enlightened, and those same vehicles of grace can enlighten our minds. Now, the theory that John had doubts was well known in antiquity, and it was rejected. Why? In Luke's gospel, the birth of John was told by the archangel Gabriel. His name, John, was given by the archangel. When Mary, pregnant with Jesus, went to greet Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant with John, John leaped in his mother's womb, responding to the divine presence of Jesus who was in Mary's womb. John, though born a priest, chose to lead an ascetic life, a highly disciplined life, preaching the unpopular message of the need for repentance in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. It was a message that would compel John to challenge the validity of the marriage of King Herod to Herodias, knowing the heavy price he would have to pay. These events simply do not point to one prone to self-doubt. And there's more. In Matthew's Gospel, John was hesitant to baptize Jesus, realizing that Jesus should really have baptized him. Matthew, Mark, and Luke's Gospels agree that when John baptized the Lord, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove, and a voice was heard coming from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son, 
with you I am well pleased. The presumption of the text is that John the Baptist witnessed this event and heard the voice from heaven. And in John's Gospel, John the Baptist is recorded as crying out, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was a powerful insight. All four Gospels agree that John the Baptist was the instrument by which God would prepare his chosen people for the Messiah. All four Gospels record Jesus being baptized by John. Now, given what the scriptures tell us about John's origins, the nature of his life, the ministry of preaching, the boldness and effectiveness of his preaching, it seems highly unlikely that now John was having doubts about his life's work. Still, we cannot avoid the issue of John sending his disciples to Jesus with the question, are you he who is to come, or shall we look for another? What does that mean? John, though in prison, obviously had the privilege to receive visitors, which was rather odd. Now, how did that have happened? We know that King Herod was drawn to John, kept John alive, but he was also afraid of John's popularity among the people. Receiving visitors was perhaps a royal concession, but it meant that John kept informed of what was going on, including the ministry of Jesus. Now a good teacher knows when he has taken his students as far as he possibly can and the time that has come to send his students to a better teacher. So John sent his disciples to the supreme teacher with that question, are you he who is to come or shall we look for another, knowing that Jesus would do what every good teacher does, invite the disciples to put all the evidence together and come to their own conclusion. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. John's disciples, devout Jews, would have put together the reality that what they saw, what they heard, what they witnessed were all the signs that Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah. Essentially, John offered his disciples one last gift, the opportunity to choose to follow Jesus, which oddly enough, was a fulfillment of the prophecy that John made of himself in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 29 through 30. After John the Baptist had baptized Jesus, John said, Therefore this joy of mine is now full. He, meaning Jesus, must increase. I must decrease. Again, the scriptural evidence does not mesh with the contemporary theory that John had doubts about the meaning of his life or who Jesus was. Jesus gave high praise to John, 
But at the same time, Jesus emphatically states, Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there's been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What does that mean? John the Baptist fulfilled his life, his mission, his ministry. He did it well. Those of us, however, who have been baptized in Jesus Christ are members of the kingdom of heaven, and we are greater than John. We have the mystery of the divine life within us. John did not, but we do. Maybe we have silenced the power of that divine life by an arrogant insistence that God and his church must conform to our expectations. Maybe we've silenced the power of that divine life with our own doubts, not realizing that for the believer, doubt does not mean there's a lack of faith, but rather it becomes the invitation to a deeper, richer, more resilient faith. Maybe we have entombed the divine life within us by layer upon layer of sin, not realizing that God can and he will break through it all if only we will ask his forgiveness. Yes, John the Baptist was a great, holy man who stayed true to his calling. But we, who are baptized in Jesus Christ, are greater than he. We are filled with all the potential of the divine life that was given to us in our baptism. The only question we need to ask is, will we use it? <laughs>